Good morning, everyone. The Kidsman Kids and I just finished another one of our Sunday Zooms, and all this month we've been going through this monthly memory verse from the Book of Romans. So I thought it would be fitting for all of us to practice it today. So if you have a Kidsman Kid at home, you can go ahead and follow along with them, or if not, you can of course follow along with me. We're going to go through the memory verse together on the count of three. Are you ready, boys and girls? One, two, three. Say with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Then you will be saved. Romans 10, 9. Great. Boys and girls, did your whole family follow along? If not, maybe after service you can teach them and walk them through it. Right now, I want to invite everyone, if you have your Bibles with you, to go ahead and uh, flip to Romans chapter 6, or you can follow along on the screen. Our scripture reading for today comes from chapter 6, verses 15 through 23. Let us hear the word of God. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart of the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification, and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I think as humans, we have a tendency to overcomplicate things for ourselves or even for others. I know I've been guilty of that. And there's this article that CNBC put out last year that discusses this topic of decision fatigue. Talk about overcomplicating. Now, the article focuses on millennials and how they feel about decisions. And I know millennials are the targets of many jokes and they're looked down upon and they might be confused for other generations and they are pitied. But I think there's a lot that we can learn and see in ourselves from this, um, this decision fatigue. So part of what this article identifies is a paradox of choice, that more is actually less. And so the number one complaint from millennials is that I have too many choices. I don't know which one to pick. 
And I feel like you and I can relate to that. Because if you think about going to a restaurant and that restaurant has a menu and that menu is full of pages and pages after like 50 entrees and 10 salads and so many desserts and drinks and you're sitting there, especially if you're brand new to the restaurant and you're looking and you can't decide or it takes a very long time to decide and after the fact you may even be dissatisfied with what you decided with. That's a lot like life, isn't it? We get so stressed and overwhelmed with all of these choices and we're trying to make all these decisions and we may feel this decision fatigue. So isn't it refreshing that Romans 6 gives us this either or? And the book of Romans can often seem so dense, but the Apostle Paul presents this idea in a very straightforward way. So you can choose one or you can choose the other. And we're going to look at what those choices are. Continuing this series on the book of Romans, um, today is asking a very familiar question. It may be one that you recognize. Because in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus, while he was giving the Sermon on the Mount to his disciples, he goes through all of these topics that are very um, relevant and and we can relate to in our daily lives. And one of those topics has to deal with treasures. And in verse 21, Jesus says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. And he continues in verse 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And so in Romans 6, like Jesus, Paul is simplifying this message. After this repetition of this imagery of slavery, Paul even says in verse 19, I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. The question that it comes down to is this. Who or what is your master? Is it sin or is it God? Whom or what are you serving today? We are observing another paradox here, a Pauline paradox. And Paul is telling us that we are slaves to whatever or whomever we obey, but that to be a slave to God is to actually receive this freedom, a freedom of choice that we can choose between true life or wickedness and sin. And I think it's important that we address the word doulos, which is translated from Greek to slave. Slave is used in this passage alone seven times. And most of us, thankfully, have no idea what it's like to be a slave to be owned by another person. And slavery is this repulsed image, this ugly part of U.S. history. So how does Paul's words make any sense to us? How does any kind of slavery lead to life and freedom? And what we have to recognize here is that Paul is writing to the Roman Christians, 
And for the Roman Christians at the time, slavery was a social reality. Whether that slavery was voluntary because of economic needs, or that slavery was involuntary, which is probably what a lot of us are picturing when we hear the word. This involuntary slavery because of conquests, or because of debt, or because we were born into it. This involuntary slavery. The imagery is strong intentionally. And Paul is using this as he says in verse 19 so that we can understand the reality that is in our own daily lives. And one other thing to note is that this is written to believers. Paul is writing this and presenting this question to believers. Whom or what are you serving today? There is a children's illustration that has to do with a spork. You know, a spork is a, the spoon and fork, two in one. And if you think about today, nothing against the inventor or the invention itself. If you actually, if you look up the inventor of the spork, he's done quite a few cool things. Um, and the spork is just one of them. Um, but the idea is this, that if you think about today, if you get a spork from like a fast food restaurant and that spork is made out of this flimsy plastic, it really can't serve the purpose it's meant to serve. If you try to poke food with it, it doesn't stick. If you try to, or not well at least, if you try to like sip a soup, like using the spoon part, it, it's not smooth enough and it has the fork ends. Um, so it doesn't really seem to do what you were hoping it to do. And if you look at verse 16, Paul says, Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? We are these days too flimsy. We're like a spork, trying to be two things at once. We don't want to stand firm on a stance, or in this manner, we don't want to stand firm in the ways of Christ. Or even if we do, we don't want to be too loud about it, because we don't want to ruffle feathers or stand out from the crowd or whatever it may be. And we even make excuses for our thoughts and our actions that times are so different now from when, what they were before. And so, you know, if we step away or modify kind of like what the Bible is expressing, it's fine. But when we do these things, we're trying to live in a way that serves two masters. That's trying to do two things at once. It's trying to serve worldly sin and serve God. But by doing this, we're compromising. Thus, we're not really serving God. So one may ask, how does serving sin look today? What does that look like? And in the church, we've talked a lot about false idols and these false lowercase g gods. And we often allow them to rule in our lives. So if you look at your time, 
your energy, your thoughts, your money, if you look at what all those things are spent on, you may be able to think of something right now. There might be something coming to mind for you right now. But here's a short list to kind of help us. First, there's money. Maybe you're serving money, and therefore you're serving your work, your job. Maybe you're trying to work so hard so you get that promotion, you get that recognition for an accomplishment, whatever it may be. Or maybe you're serving a relationship. So it's, uh, if you're dating, it's your boyfriend or girlfriend. If you're married, it could be your spouse. If you have kids, it could be your kids. It could be your parents, your friends. Maybe you're serving your image, that you always have to be right about everything. So much so that you may hold a grudge if people disagree with you or made you look bad or whatever it is. Or maybe you're serving your image in that you always have to be looking in the mirror. Or that you pull out your phone and you're looking at your camera to make sure that you look okay. Or maybe as we've been hearing a lot these days, you're serving your phone itself or the social media platforms that you can access on it. You're trying to keep up with the trends or you're answering every single notification and ding that comes your way. You're always accessible and on, and so you're serving these things that were meant to be a service to us. And again, like none of these things in themselves are bad, but it's when they consume us day in and day out. When we're stressed by them, we're exhausted by them, we're obsessed with them, when those are the things that are on our minds each and every day, there's a good chance that that's what we're serving, and we're not really serving God. In Romans 6, though, looking at verses 17 and 18, Paul then says, But thanks be to God, though we were once slaves to sin, we have been set free to become slaves to righteousness. And to further unpack this, Paul explains, For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. Sometimes there's this misconception that Christianity or following Christ is too restrictive that there's too many rules and too many things that we have to follow. And so questions that could be asked, or a question that could be asked is, wouldn't it be easier and more freeing to just do whatever I want to do? Wouldn't it be more free to do what the world is doing? And especially with how things are these days, with everyone's opinion, mattering and you know not being wrong it's their own truth or you know like positivity or not stepping on other people's toes especially with all of that wouldn't it be more free than to have to obey God but Paul has been addressing this and he continues to do so in verses 20 to 23 and it's it's this that yes it can be argued that whichever mastery you choose, there's an element of freedom, but each freedom leads to different outcomes. So if your master is sin, verse 21 tells us, 
for the end of those things is death. And verse 23, for the wages of sin is death. But if God is your master, verse 22 says the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. And again in verse 23, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Remember, this is written to those already saved. And so to simplify this already uh, simplified question for our daily lives, we can ask ourselves this at the end of the day. Who or what did I serve today? Whenever we're feeling bound or stuck or less than free, we should take a step back and reflect and ask ourselves, Who or what did I serve today? We won't be perfect. And yes, we may fall back into old and familiar ways, but that's not to say that we just give in, nor do we dwell on it. Because even if we fall into our old ways, 1 John 1.9 reminds us of this. That if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I want to clarify something here. Um, The youth group, we just finished Core Christianity, which is a book written by Michael Horton. And the final chapter has uh, the topic of calling, like God's calling on our lives. What does God call us to do? And for me, a few years post-seminary, and I had still been asking God, what do you want me to do for you? But Michael Horton frames it in this way, that we all have callings as Christ followers. And we have callings now. Not just one, there may be many. And sometimes that call may look like washing the dishes for your family. Or that call, if you're a parent, it's looking after your child and picking up toys after them. Or maybe your call right now is working excellently at your job or doing your school assignments excellently. Or maybe right now your calling is simply being present in someone's life. When we do these things with the body, the mind, the gifts that God gives to us, and we do these things for his glory, that's not being a slave to other people or things. That's doing what you've been called to do in the here and now. But if you take a step back and you look at your day and there's no acknowledgement of God, you're trying to master multitasking, or you're mind-numbingly just checking off to-dos from your to-do list, or maybe you're even apathetically just sulking. There's a good chance that God may not be who you're serving that day. We can easily get caught up in culture, in tasks, in pleasures, in busyness, that we choose the bondage that we've already been freed from. We may even falsely believe that we have to work hard to earn this gift that we've been given. Or we have to work hard to ensure 
that we've really made it. But the good news of Jesus Christ is this, that Christ died on the cross in our place for our sins. He paid the price that we couldn't pay. So that as verse 23 says, we could have the free gift of God, eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing we can do to earn it. Nothing. And we must not overcomplicate this truth, this good news. We simply need to receive it daily. Again, being slave to something or someone willingly may not make sense. But let's look at God. He is merciful. He is patient. He is loving. He is gracious, forgiving, empowering. He's making us new each and every day. And all we have to do is enjoy what he gives to us and enjoy him. And we can do this in the way we respond by serving him, serving him with our lives in gratitude, in love, and in worship. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you, God, for your word. And we confess that many times we forget to acknowledge you, Lord, that even in our callings, when we're trying to figure those things out, we make it about us. When it's always about you, it's from you and for you. And God, we desire to turn away from the old ways that we were living. We want to turn away from sin and and those worldly feelings, Lord, and we want to turn to you. We want to truly serve you with every aspect of our lives, with our thoughts, our words, with our actions. And God, we ask that your Holy Spirit continue to sanctify us and make us more and more like you each and every day. God, would you help us to really understand your word? And if there's anything you're putting on our hearts right now, Lord, would you help us to acknowledge you and to go to you and ask you more about that thing? We thank you, Jesus. We love you. And it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Now, brothers and sisters in Christ, would you affirm your faith, our faith, as we read the Apostles' Creed? You can follow along on the screen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.